Hello, welcome to Adventures in Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. I'm Kate. And we are out and about this week. Um, it's just such a beautiful day. It's really gorgeous. Uh, so uh, you can blame me for this suggestion. We're currently in Maudlin Hall Park. Uh, this is on the end of the Northern Line, the southern end of the Northern Line. Um, it's glorious sunshine. There are some people wandering around. You might hear the occasional uh, bicycle bell or dog. Uh, or possibly aeroplane but um, apologies in advance but yeah it just seems such a shame to be indoors on such a lovely day I'm probably the more likely to get distracted by the dogs Uh, there's been some a few splashing around uh, and I am rather fond of them but we're going to try and crack on anyway and we realised we hadn't actually talked about the Man Booker Prize which Um, is now down to its shortlist it is so um, you can obviously look up the full list um, online and see all the things that were shortlisted but we've now just got six of the original book a dozen um, and we'll talk about each of those I think before we do that I was very surprised that the Underground Railroad was Mm. not in the final six I was I thought well the, what the Pulitzer yeah so yes and I, that seemed to be the one that everyone was talking about so when the list the mm. final six came through uh, that was one where I sort of almost double checked that I was reading the right list <laughs> but there we go but yeah so but um, some of the big favourites are on the list and um, in no particular excuse me in no particular order I've got those uh, on my phone so we'll um, have a chat with them so there's two from Hamish Hamilton which is part of Penguin there's um, one from uh, Weidenfeld and Nicholson Weid- mm-hmm. Weidenfeld Weidenfeld and Nicholson yep, yep. Um, w-, w and N yep yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure <laughs> there's uh, a Faber book uh, yeah there's a, like a bit of a range um, there's a, like a very small independent publisher as well so yeah but like a good range um and there seems to be sort of a bit of a uh social political aspect to some of the book like some years there's a bit of a theme um but then apart from that there doesn't seem to be that much of a theme between the books um but yeah the first one that i've got on my screen is exit west by moxin hamid so this says uh it has already been a finalist for the um, Neustad Prize 2018. Um, it's a Times and Guardian top 10 bestseller and a New York Times top 5 bestseller. So that sounds I don't know, pretty good. Um, so it says, An extraordinary story of love and hope from the best-selling Mambuka shortlisted author of The Reluctant Fundamentalist. Nadia and Saeed are two ordinary young people attempting to do an extraordinary thing to fall in love in a world turned upside down. It's a love story, but also a story about how we live now and how we might live tomorrow, of a world in crisis and two human beings travelling through it. Uh, civil war has come to the city which Nadia and Saeed call home. Before long, they will need to leave the motherland behind when the streets are no longer usable and the unknown is safer than the known. They will join the great outpouring of people fleeing a collapsing city, uh, hoping against hope, looking for their place in the world. So, obviously, previous form there with the reluctant fundamentalists. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? No, I haven't. No, I haven't no. either. So, this is going to be my first Moxon Hamid. Um, Cat, my uh, friend who works at Penguin, has kindly sent us a copy of that, so I'll be able to get reading. Um, the next one on my list is a book called Lincoln in the Bardo. So um, this is by George, an American, George Saunders. Um, it's a bit of an odd 
title perhaps but it's about um, Lincoln as in the American president and mm-hmm. the bardo is the name for the sort of Tibetan um, limbo right yeah which I know from watching the vampire diaries really yes it was something in that um, okay. So that's come in handy. So George is a big but, fan of that. Um, probably not. No, <laughs> he he probably has better reasons for knowing what this is about. Um, but this is something where one, I think the cover is absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, but two, uh, there were lots and lots of people talking about this when this first came out in hardback, just because it's really unusual. And lots of sort of George Saunders fans coming out of the woodwork. Um, and saying that this was like you know one of his great novels, and so it's written in a really unusual style. It's written almost like a screenplay. Oh right, so mostly dialogue. Do you mean? Yeah, lo- yeah, lots yeah. of dialogue, different voices talk in conversation, uh, and it was as well as being shortlisted for this, it's a number one New York Times bestseller and longlisted for the Gordon Byrne Prize as well. And didn't he win the first Folio? Uh, uh, yes. Story collection. I've read some some of his short stories. This would be my first novel, if that's what we're calling it. Yeah, well, there we are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it says here, best-selling folio, prize-winning, National Book Award shortlisted, George Saunders. Um, so this is about Abraham Lincoln and the death of his 11-year-old son, Willie, at the dawn of the Civil War. Uh Kate's just handed me the thing to read out, so there we are. From this seed of historical truth, George Sanders spins an unforgettable story of familial love and loss that breaks free of realism, entering a thrilling supernatural domain, both hilarious and terrifying. Interesting. Willie Lincoln finds himself trapped in a transitional realm called, in in Tibetan tradition, the bardo, and as ghosts mingle, squabble, gripe and commiserate, and stony tendrils creep towards the boy, a momental struggle erupts over young Willie's soul. It unfolds over a single night... And is written in, jo- in Saunders' imita- inimitable, even, <laughs> humour, pathos and grace. And he invents an exhilarating new form and confirmed as one of the most important and influential writers of his generation. They're calling it quite theatrical. That's probably what yes. I mean by written like a Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So I do... It's a play, yeah. Well, well, no, I mean, it's not exactly... It's not quite a play. It's not exactly yeah. a play, but it's also not written in just traditional straight prose either. Mm. So, obviously, the, the booker is supposed to be for brilliant literary novels Mm. Um, they do like things which play with form um, but you know there are some things where people are like is it actually a novel or is it a collection of short stories that just have a linked theme um and couldn't possibly comment on that could you no not at all previous years no, no. um <laughs> and it uh like yeah things that are inventive and unusual there was a year where that uh, will self book um recently was was that umbrella or something like uh, that yeah or Recent, a, a couple of years ago maybe um yeah. And that didn't have any punctuation in it, and that just kind of made me feel ill. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that should be quite interesting. And again, I managed to snag a copy of that one um, when it first came out, um, and have not read it yet, but uh, we'll give that a go and let you know what we think. Next one on my list is 4321. Go by Paul Oster this is another uh, renowned male mm. author uh, whose books I have not read uh, I'm just trying to think if I have possibly 
I don't think I'm doing very well this year on things that I've read before. No, and it, I mean also, I think this had um, it's had a beautiful proof jacket, um, and it's got a beautiful jacket now. But the book is absolutely enormous. Yeah, this might be one I need to get on Kindle. It is huge. Yeah, sort of lugging it around. Um, it's almost intimidating in size. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a, that's a big investment of time, I think. And bag space. And yeah, not yeah. not very convenient to <laughs> carry around, um, but it has got great views. So you know, we'll see. Um, this says uh, the description of the book on March the third, nineteen forty-seven. Archibald Isaac Ferguson, the only child of Rose and Stanley Ferguson, is born. From that single beginning, Ferguson's life will take four simultaneous paths. This sounds a bit like Kate Atkinson. Um, so this is the four three two one. Yeah. Title. Um, Four Fergusons will go on to lead four parallel and entirely different lives. Family fortunes diverge, loves and friendships and passions contrast. Each version of Ferguson's story rushes across the fractured terrain of mid-20th century America in this sweeping story of birthright and possibility of love and the fullness of life itself. Yeah, that r- sounds really similar to um, Life After Life. Or Paul Oster does Sliding Doors. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I just think that's really interesting. I absolutely loved um, those those two books by Kate Exeter. They're so brilliant, and really, really beautiful. Um, and they did not get shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize, but you know, there we are. Such is life. We're judging these on their synopsis and their title. Yes, I know. And obviously, we'll we'll talk more about uh, what we actually think of them once we've read them. Um, next on my list uh, is Autumn by Ali Smith. So this is the first book of a quartet that she is writing and having published. Um, and there's, the idea of this quartet is that they're not particularly long, but they are particularly contemporary and timely. So um, between this book getting submitted to her editors and it getting actually published, it was only a month. Mm. And this is also been known as like the first Brexit novel because mm. as she was writing it all of that was actually happening and we heard the result and all of that sort of thing so um, yeah this is supposed to be very reactive to what's happening in the world um, and very present and of its time so that's that's the idea basically so there is also going to be a winter, a spring yeah, and a summer yeah. um, not to be confused with the four books that Carlo Vecnasgard is doing where he's explaining the world in four seasons to his That's also cool. small child. Yeah, and there right. will also be a winter and spring yeah. and summer. Um, I think they'd have worked that out between them. <laughs> you know, well, maybe they're hoping... Start, they both start with autumn. Well, it's just just <laughs> a, good, a good place to start, I guess. Um, so this description is mainly just lots of quotes that are very, very good reviews. So like the Financial Times says... In a country apparently divided against itself, a writer such as Smith is more valuable than a whole parliament of politicians. Um, The Guardian says, a beautiful, poignant symphony of memories, dreams and transient realities. 
Um, and then there's a bit more about what actually happens. So uh, it says, a breathtakingly inventive new novel. Um, Daniel is a century old. Elizabeth, born in 1984, has her eye on the future. The United Kingdom is in pieces, divided by a historic once-in-a-generation summer. Love is won, love is lost, hope is hand-in-hand with hopelessness. The seasons roll round as ever. So there we go. So there's not a lot to go on there, but it sounds like it's like the meeting between someone um, who's seen a lot of the world and someone who's yeah. seen much less. Uh, I'm just yeah. not sure I want to read much about Brexit right now. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a bit more distant <laughs> yeah. than it was. Yeah. So, you know, and it's not very long. And that is another one that I have a copy of. Right. So we can have a go at that one. Uh, next on my list is one called Elmet uh, by Fiona Mozzi. So this is from a very, very small independent publisher. It says JM Originals. Um, and was, is Fiona a former bookseller? Do I remember that? I vaguely remember that being said, yes. So I'm sure you'll get uh, lots of copies of that in your local Waterstones. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me see. Shall I let you read that one? Go on then. So, uh, Daniel is heading north. He is looking for someone. The simplicity of his early life with Daddy and Kathy has turned sour and fearful. They lived apart in the house that Daddy built for them with his bare hands. They foraged and hunted. When they were younger, Daniel and Kathy had gone to school. But they were not like the other children then, and they were even less like them now. Sometimes Daddy disappeared and would return with a rage in his eyes. But when he was at home, he was at peace. He told them that the little cops in Elmet was theirs alone. But that wasn't true. Local men, greedy and watchful, began to circle like vultures. All the while, the terrible violence in Daddy grew. Atmospheric and unsettling, Elmer is a lyrical commentary on contemporary society and one family's precarious place in it, as well as an exploration of how deep the bond between father and child can go. I think that sounds really interesting. It sounds like it's got maybe some elements in common with the Ali Smith yeah. sort of, you know, modern world, capitalism, changing times. Um, the Standard called it a stunning debut, but also it's saying that this is the David amongst the Goliaths. And wouldn't yes. it be nice if David won? People always feel a bit like that, I yeah. think, where there's like a particular, like a new writer or um, a really small publishing house. People often say it would be nice for something a bit different to win um, I have already seen I guess because of that effect quite a lot of people who've gone out and bought a copy and read it uh, it's not particularly long, it's not a particularly big book um, and they're already saying that it's really interesting mm-hmm. so that's sort of one to watch I think um, and then uh, the final ooh, final book on the shortlist, which I've just managed to close on my phone. Sorry about that. Uh, it's called A History of Wolves. Um, let me get the page back up. <laughs> right. So while Kate does that, um, <laughs> I think definitely at the moment, even before we talk about the last one, I'm going to try and read the Saunders. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a really interesting and unusual sort of thing. I'm definitely going to read the Ali Smith. I like Ali Smith. Yeah. Um, 
I definitely am going to read the Moxon Hamid because um, I've been sent it and I think yeah. it sounds and I want to read uh, that. So exciting. basically I'm going to read all of them at the moment. That's not really very helpful anyway. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, The Poor Oster sounds like a book I've really, really enjoyed. So in theory, I should really, really enjoy mm. that. But I don't, I've never read Paul Oster before. I don't no. know what his writing style is like. So I don't know if that's something that I will get on with or not. I might have to set aside some time to tackle it. Yes, it's yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a beast. Um, right, so sorry about that interlude there. So, History of Wolves um, is by da, 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 sorry uh, Emily Fridland, and uh, this is what it's about. Fourteen-year-old uh, Linda lives with her ex uh, with her parents in an ex-commune, sorry, beside a lake in the beautiful Ostia backwards of northern Minnesota. The other girls at school call Linda Freak or Commie. Her parents mostly leave her to her own devices, whilst the other inhabitants have... Sorry, there's a a load of uh, parakeets just flying past (laughs) there. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, her parents mostly leave her to her own devices, whilst the other inhabitants have grown up and moved on. So, when the perfect family, mother, father and the little boy Paul, move into the cabin across the lake, Linda insinuates her way into their orbit. She begins to babysit Paul and feels welcome that she has uh, finally has a place to belong. Yet something isn't right. Drawn into secrets she doesn't understand, Linda must make a choice. But how can a girl with no real knowledge of the world understand what the consequences will be? Mm. So, I mean, that sounds quite intriguing. That sounds quite a sort of delicate wintry sort of story um it's the to be honest it's the one i've heard least about yes same here actually yeah um maybe yeah i I haven't heard of emily fridland before um i I haven't heard of any of her previous novels so i don't know whether that's just me um whether in the u.s she's huge or uh, yeah i i just don't really know so you know that that's one that I, mean, I probably will read. I quite am quite intrigued by the description of the story, but um, it's perhaps not like at the top of my list to get to. Mm. Um, that all being said, of course, um, it's not that long until the book is actually announced. We're sitting no. here saying, "I'll read that," but uh, it's actually announced on the seventeenth of October. So under a month. So we may well not actually get all these read for you in time well no I've got my Pullman reading and a bit of Booker reading so we shall have to try and uh, we'll try and balance out the two two, Um, but yeah what we do read we'll obviously tell you about should we have a very quick Pullman catch up how are you getting on with the second book Uh, I'm not very far in but I'm intrigued by the way it starts in our own little universe Mm. as opposed to um, the one with all the the demons Uh, it took me about two pages to realise um where we were because I was like well where's the child's or where's the adult's demons with them and that suddenly felt really weird Mm -hmm. it was strange I got so accustomed to someone Mm -hmm. having a little creature with them that when I noticed like well where are they and then I I was like oh it's us and I was like oh that's different so yeah um, I've not probably not got as far as I should have done but um, so far so good (laughs) I think yeah so the main the sort of like main character at the start of this second one is a boy called Will yep and he is sort of curious and he uh, it starts off if I remember correctly because I have actually not started reading this he's one. taking his mum who's not well off to his piano yes. teacher that's sort of the opening scene um, and like 
not quite abandoning her there, but mm. she's, something's clearly not wrong, uh, not well. Yeah. Um, and people are after them. Um, and it kind of goes on from there. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, hopefully get that finished soon and then get on to the next one before the new one arrives. Yeah, because the, the new one is out on October the 19th. Is that the Thursday? Uh, day after the booker. Um, yeah. Day after the booker, yeah. So, yeah, the two very big things, both in quick succession. But it is that time of year for big books um, coming out. We've just had sort of like... Jamie Oliver's new cookbook a little while ago, Nigella Lawson's new cookbook, all the, all the sort of new cookbooks are coming out before Christmas. And then there's a spate of novels coming out as well. Uh, so it's all the uh, sort of publishers getting everything out into the shops ready for people to uh, sort of eventually start doing their Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping, indeed, yes. So it's been a busy time. Um, but lots of good books, which is no, never a never a problem really no and I mean there's yeah lots of fantastic things that we're getting sent which is lovely or bringing home um, I'm trying to put all of those on my Instagram stories when I um, get some nice book posts or tweet mm-hmm. about them so I can let you know what, what's going on um, I am reading at the moment um, a book called The Dollmaker of Krakow um, which is um, written by an American woman um, published in the UK by Walker um, that's actually out quite soon which is why I wanted to be quick and, and get that read before it actually comes out but um, that's very much aimed at I feel like kind of around 10 year olds um, and that's as, as the name suggests the story of a doll maker who lives in Krakow in Poland um, and it's set um, at, like in the build up to and then during World War Two, so Poland gets invaded by uh, the Germans the Nazis at the time um, and it's told partly through the eyes of uh, the doll maker but it's actually mostly told through the eyes of a doll who he magically brings to life mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of partly a bit like an allegory so she's been transported to our world from the land of dolls where her land has been overrun by rats it made me think a bit like of uh, the nutcracker or something like that Mm, that sounds fun Mm, it's very good actually it's quite sad funnily enough um but yeah it's not it's not a jolly story um it is quite sad but it's it's well written um and i think that might be a sort of maybe not a very cheery christmas present but um it's certainly very beautiful and it's a good story well let us know if you've you've read any of the book shortlists or even the long list it'll it'll be interesting to know about that Mm. send us an email contact at adventurewords.com you can send us a tweet at word adventures you can also head on over to the blog where you can leave a comment and you can also send us a voicemail if you want to be on the show you certainly can that's just a little button on the front page of our website Uh, so we're just about to have a noisy trolley thing come past so I guess uh, we'll sign off you can find me during the rest of the time when we're not podcasting um, in various places as magic underscore kitten and I'm at Rob Chilver Twitter, Instagram Snapchat and various other things have a lovely week and we'll chat to you next weekend bye